moving back and forth between Safa and Marwa. After finishing seven circuits of Al-Qawa, the pilgrim performs another ritual, travelling back and forth between Safa and Marwa seven times. Safa and Marwa are two high places, not too far from Al-Qawa, and between them there is a semi-valley. The pilgrim starts the journey from Safa. They turn their face to Al-Qaba and raise their hands parallel to their shoulders and then they say in a loud voice Allah is greater. There is no God except Allah. O God of all, communicate with our master Muhammad. Communication with Allah and peace are through him. Then they walk towards Marwa. When they get to the first green slope they should jog across it until they reach the other green slope from where they march normally until reaching Marwa. They climb to the top and do the same thing they did at Safa. That is, they turn their face to Al-Qaba and repeat the same statements in glorification of God. By then they will have performed one stage and by moving back from Marwa to Safa they will perform another one. They keep doing that until they accomplish seven stages. When they finish they should stay in Mecca maintaining their state of ritual consecration. They should not perfume themselves or wear tailored clothes. They should not cover their head or put on shoes or have sexual intercourse with their wife or husband. Then on the eighth day of Thi al-Hijjah, the last of the lunar months, all the pilgrims leave Mecca and head for Arafat. We have learnt the purposes behind the ritual consecration the circumambulation of the sacred house seven times and the kissing of the black stone. Now we wonder, what is the aim of travelling back and forth between Safa and Marwa? What does moving back and forth refer to here? Why were these two places named as they were? Is the jog undertaken here to call forth the same sense which should arise in the spirit when circumambulating Al-Qaba or... Does it have another meaning in this case? To answer these questions, we say, each deed and each ritual of the pilgrimage has its purpose and its fruit, which is different from the others. No journey back and forth can be like another, and no circumambulation can be like another. The jogging between Safa and Marwa does not produce the same thing that is obtained by jogging during the circumambulation of Al-Kaaba. If you reach the truth and your spirit becomes illuminated by Allah's light, you will understand that the rituals of pilgrimage are but a series of deeds which lift the spirit gradually from one lofty state to a still loftier one until it reaches the hoped-for purpose for which it was created. Therefore, if a person neglects one of those deeds or performs it without knowing its purpose, they will come to nothing and miss the desired outcome. It is easy for you to understand a part of what we say through what we have detailed in our speech about the previous rituals of the Hajj. The matter will become clearer and the fact will be more firm in your spirit by reading what we are going to reveal about the rest of the rituals. Now, 
As for the reason for jogging, when travelling back and forth between Safa and Marwa, we say, When the pilgrim spirit enters the sacred house during the circumambulation of Al-Kaaba and meets the Imam who leads it to Allah's presence, when they sense that godly majesty inside themselves and walk in a hurry, moving their shoulders, submissive before God's hands and proud of their closeness to Him, it is then that their spirit, having reached this state, will be ready to move back and forth between Safa and Marwa. While performing this ritual, it will acquire a new state. This spirit entering into God's presence will feel his acceptance of it. For more illustration, we give the following example. Suppose a man has entered into the presence of a great king, and the king has welcomed him and invited him to come near to him. You will see this man jog towards the king, expressing his spirit's gratitude for this honour and his response to the invitation. Then, as he approaches, he will advance at a decreasing speed with deliberate steps. Thus, each movement expresses a certain situation, and each jog expresses a distinct spiritual situation. But no one appreciates these situations before the hands of the owner of majesty and greatness. And no one knows the value of these states which arise in the human spirit when performing such rituals. No one, that is, except the believer, whose spirit has witnessed a part of the godly magnificence and grandeur, even if they have not undertaken the pilgrimage themselves. Such a true believer will feel happy for any other pilgrim and will wish to enjoy the same state with which the other has been obliged by God. Now I would like to explain the reason these two places are named as they are, so I say, the word Safa in Arabic has the meaning of serenity, whereas Marwa is derived from the verb Ra'a, which means to see. The word Safa refers to the incorporeal state, which is generated in the spirit when it stands at that place. The circumambulation helps it to enter into God's presence, where it sinks in that godly majesty and becomes immersed in that state. Therefore the pilgrim moves towards Safa, having cleansed their heart of everything except for Allah and their serene spirit, seeing nothing except for Allah. Standing at Safa symbolizes what the spirit has and is an expression of the sublime and elevated level at which it lives. When the spirit lives in such a state, and feels Allah's acceptance of its place between his hands, it will run to seek him. Therefore the pilgrim moves towards Marwa at a jog. Then when the pilgrim stands at that place, their spirit is immersed in a new state. It will witness its nearness to that supreme honour and great God. Standing at Marwa is an indication of that status of seeing when a person sees themselves by themselves and studies their closeness to their Creator. They witness the high rank and the nearness to their Provider which they have gained by their heart's adherence to His Messenger. Communication with Allah and peace are through Him. And so at that point they begin to get tastes and visions of the high godly perfection in accordance with their worthiness. Then, 
When this pilgrim moves back from Marwa to Safa, they feel that they are in a state loftier than their previous one. Their heart has become clearer because they have become nearer to their provider and creator. They continue moving back and forth between these two locations until they have done so seven times, while the voice of the Supreme Self is calling them. Come, obedient follower of Allah. Come in order that I give to you. Come in order that I grant you. Come in order that I oblige you and take the veil from your heart. The appointed time between me and you is on the day of Arafat. So prepare yourself for that day and do not turn from me. Therefore you see the pilgrim keep themselves in the state of ritual consecration, abstaining from the forbidden things already mentioned. Living in the state of ritual consecration, the circumambulation of Al-Kaaba and moving back and forth between Safa and Marwa are called Umrah in Arabic. This word is derived from the verb Amara, which means to build and to fill. It was so called because it builds the heart by entering into Allah's presence and stores qualities of godly perfection in the spirit. Through the Amra and through what its heart is filled with, the spirit becomes qualified to gain knowledge of God. That is, it becomes ready to stand at Arafat, where it obtains the fruit of the pilgrimage. Arafat in Arabic is derived from the verb Arafa, which means to get knowledge. The Almighty Allah has ordered us in the Holy Quran to maintain the state of the Umrah without cease until we are standing at Arafat, that is, anyone that intends to make the pilgrimage and thus enters the state of ritual consecration while performing the deeds of the Umrah, should not indulge in any prohibited behavior until they complete their pilgrimage. That is what the noble verse indicates when God says in the Holy Quran, Fortress 2, Al-Baqarah, the Cow, verse 196, and complete the Hajj and Umrah in the service of God. You may say that this may take the pilgrim a long time, perhaps many days or weeks. For example, if a pilgrim enters the state of ritual consecration at the beginning of the first of the pilgrimage's months, that is, at the beginning of Shawwal, and finishes the Umrah, and performs its required deeds, should they remain in the state of ritual consecration for the entirety of this extended period, which lasts until they descend from Arafat? Should they continue to wear only a wrap and a robe, far from the opposite sex, using no perfume, unable to cut their hair or to clip their nails or to do any of the other forbidden things? We say, when a person knows the value of the pilgrimage, and the goodness it entails for them, they will consider everything that is expensive to be cheap and perceive every difficulty incurred in the pursuit of the pilgrimage to be easily overcome. The Almighty God has put Mecca in a barren valley and charged the pilgrims with special obligations and prevented them from permissible things in order to straighten their spirits. He wants to turn the human spirit away from this worldly life and its pleasures 
and to make it forget all that with which it has been occupied. Then it can turn wholly towards him and remain ready, looking forward to the day of pilgrimage when the pilgrim will stand at Arafat and obtain the fruit of their pilgrimage. At that time they will see that all the trouble and all the difficulty they passed through were, in fact, easy and pleasant. The more difficult it is to find that which we seek, and the more valuable it is, the greater our attachment to it and care for it becomes. As the ancients said, if it is easy to become the king of a country, then it is easy to give it up. Look at a rational student, and you will find them unable to sleep as their examinations approach. They forsake their warm bed and anything else that could distract them from their diligent study. None of life's affairs or pleasures are allowed to cross their mind. They even isolate themselves in a room and do not leave it except when necessary, devoting themselves to study in order to be ready for the crucial day. However, when they pass their exams and achieve the results they hoped for, they come to consider all the effort they had put into studying as but a minor inconvenience, and come to forget the stress and the hard work they faced. However, the result that this student gains, and the degree that they attain, are not even a drop in the ocean, in comparison to what is gained by the pilgrim through their pilgrimage. What a great difference there is between the first success and the second. How great a contrast there is between the former victory and the latter. What a great distance exists between eternal happiness and endless bliss and a mere momentary illusion of happiness. Therefore, pilgrim, remain patient and adhere to the rules of the Umrah until you are standing at Arafat. Do not take a break, as many people do. However, if you are affected by an illness or are faced with some other type of overwhelming circumstance, you can be freed from your duty of consecration on condition that you sacrifice the head of a sheep or more than one according to your ability and wealth. The more valuable your sacrifice is, the more secure your closeness to God will be and the more helpful it will be for recompensing what you have missed and giving you the assurance and the ability to convince your spirit that Allah is satisfied with you so that it will follow you. Thus, this sacrifice confirms the spirit's confidence and makes it turn towards Allah. The noble verse speaks of this. God says in the Holy Quran, Fortress 2, Al-Baqarah, the cow, verse 196, And complete the Hajj and Umrah in the service of Allah. If you are straightened, send offerings as you can afford, and do not shave your heads until the offerings have reached their destination. However, God has given permission to those who are sick to shave their heads before their offerings reach their destination, that is, before they reach a needy hand. However, this is only on condition that they carry out the kind of deeds outlined in the noble verse. 
Fortress 2, Al-Baqarah, The Cow, verse 196, wherein God says, But if any of you is ill or has an ailment in his scalp, necessitating shaving, he must pay a ransom, either by fasting, or by almsgiving, or by nusuk, when you are in a peaceful condition. Nusuk is an Arabic word that means doing good deeds. That means that at such a time as the patient feels healthy and the ailment that they had suffered in their scalp has disappeared, they should add further offerings to the offerings which they have already sent. There are a number of ways that this can be achieved. By fasting, for as long a period as they are able, by donating an amount of alms, which they feel is in accordance with their wealth, or by doing good deeds, such as doing a favour for someone, helping another person, inviting somebody to Allah, or teaching somebody to follow the way of belief. The purpose of this ceremony is to lead and guide a spirit to the right path as soon as they possibly can, when they feel peaceful. The best thing, however, would be for the pilgrim to stay in the state of Umrah until they are standing at Arafat.